welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. The courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference that I will, not mine, be done. Okay, we are now up to step six, and my name is Chaim, and I'm a grateful recovering sexaholic. Um, step six is a, is a very important step, very, very important. Um, we're entirely ready to have God remove our defects of character. We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character, all these defects of character. You know, I said this many times. I, um, I try to give over my experience, strength, and hope in the steps and being around for 13 years and what I've seen by others, what I've seen by myself. And, um, you know, it hit me just now, really, just like thinking about step six. And, um, you know, if I was trying to grow a business or build a business, and I realized that the simple fact is uh, it's not working, you know. Not only is it not working, but um, the business is, is really going down, going under. And I tried every which way, shape, or form to get this business to work. I've, I've, I've prayed on it. I've gone to speak to professionals. I've, I've done all sorts of things, and it's not working. This business is going to help. But somebody told me that, you know, if you believe in this person and this thing out there, you know, that, that thing could really turn your business around. You don't anymore have to live in a little hut and, and question whether you should turn on the air conditioner or the heat at night. You, you, you don't have to live on bread and water. You know, you can actually um, build a business. But you've got to believe in this power greater than yourself, this, this thing out there. And, and we believe that that power is called God. And we call him by name. And that, that power called God could really solve your problems in your business. I'm not talking about in your life, you know. Um, but what you're going to need to do is just simply take an inventory. What's going on? Like, just give me your P&L. Give me your statements. Let me know what is going on in your business so that this power could just tell you what you need a yes to. What's the yeas and nays of your business, basically? And you create that list. That's the step four. And that list states very, very clearly that the reason why your business is not a success is very simple because the only thing you care about all the time is yourself. You're running a business that has one sole purpose in mind. I don't care about who I damage, who gets hurt, who makes money or doesn't make money, whether the product turns out correct or incorrect, whether it's spiritually um, in my values or my morals or if it makes sense or doesn't, I really don't care. The only thing I care about running my business is that I, Chaim, feel good at all times. And if I don't feel good at any time, then I, I raise havoc and I do whatever I need to do in order to feel good. That's what came out of my inventory. In my business, let's call it. What's interesting is, in my fourth step, it says very clearly on all four sections, whether it's the resentments, the fears, the harms, or the sex conduct, the common thread through everything is self. Self-seeking, self-justification, Self, self-will, self, 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 self. The reason I resent people, self. The reason I have so much fear, is because I'm always thinking about self. 
The reason why I harm people is because of self. And the reason why I care about my sex life so much and I'm willing to wreck the whole ship and everybody in it is because the only thing I care about is self. So I take this piece of paper and I'm told, running my business, could you imagine if you got rid of one thing, self, you could be a multimillionaire. Everything you dream of financially you could get. Just get rid of one thing. It's called self. Get self out of self. Get self out of the way. Stop just being self-centered in the extreme. My first question would be, okay, so how do I get rid of self? The answer for me is step six and seven. You know how you get rid of self? What is self made of? My self, Chaim self, is made out of all Chaim's character defects. If I would figure out a way to get rid of it, I would be this multimillionaire. My business would be flourishing. The problem is, Chaim, who is so full of self, can't get rid of Chaim. Can't get rid of self. And that's where I believe a lot of people get stuck in this program. It's like, what does it even mean? My whole life I was working on myself. I'm a religious guy, I tried different things, I've prayed, I've done different actions to get rid of self. Why now is it going to be different? And not only is the question, why now is it going to be different, like, like literally, like how do I get rid of it? Like if the words, we're entirely ready to have God remove all our defects of character. So, okay, God, I'm entirely ready. Or I'm really not entirely ready. Or I'm just used to these defects of character. Like, like, what am I supposed to do? Like, how does this really work? And I think it goes back to the honesty. The honesty of this fellowship. Of, of getting real with myself. And for once and for all, pulling myself out on, on the truth. You know, a lot of times, I know my story is that when I've gone for help pre-recovery, I was never honest, really, about what's really going on. I was always scared to really tell whoever I was seeking help from my real truth, the real Chaim. I'll tell you parts of Chaim, I'll tell you different stories of Chaim, but I would never for once and for all walk over to this person and say, my company is broke, it is not working, could you tell me how it should work? Never was willing to do that. It's interesting, I just, like, when you were reading right now, the solution. So it says over here, as we faced our defects, we became willing to change. Surrendering them broke the power they had over us. We began to be more comfortable with ourselves and others for the first time without our drug. Step six provides the gift of, for the first time, it says, we begin to be more comfortable with ourselves for the f- and others for the first time without our drug. The whole reason I have these defects of character is because I am not comfortable with myself without them. I don't know how to live on this world without being an egotistic maniac and it has to always be about I am. Okay, get rid of the ego and you're going to feel comfortable. Hell no. The whole reason I have this ego is because otherwise I'm not comfortable. I need to be sarcastic or make jokes because otherwise I'm not comfortable with Chaim. I need to knock and shame because otherwise Chaim's not, Chaim's not comfortable. So very nice you're telling me how to grow my business. I can't do that. How many times have we heard throughout our life, if you only, only came home and you only were sensitive and nice to your wife and children, things would be beautiful at home. Thank you for sharing. But how do I do that? I know that. I've heard. All the great stories of all the holy people that never got angry in their home and anger brings fire and it's hell and, and you need your home to be a place of peace. Very nice. I appreciate it. How do I do that? How do I become entirely ready to have these defects of character removed? 
And when they are removed, it's the first time I could be comfortable without my drug. Imagine you came into SA. Imagine today you walked in there. And I told all you guys one simple thing. I have a way that you don't have to lust ever again. You don't have to act out ever again. And you could be comfortable. There will be hundreds of people here. My whole reason of me lusting and needing to check out that app or stare at that girl or check out why, why or be resentful of not getting sex at home or whichever lust-driven activity I'm busy with is all because of one thing. I'm uncomfortable and I'm looking for comfort. Hey, we have a way that you could be comfortable without your drug. Can you imagine going to sleep at night and being comfortable? Can you imagine waking up in the morning and being comfortable? Like, let's talk real here. We're in Sexaholics Anonymous. I, I, I've witnessed this by myself, and I hear this from other people. Meeting is over, and the first thing a lot of us, what comes out of our mouth, when the meeting ends, at the end of the day, I freaking want a girl. I just, I just want something. Like, very nice, a little spiritual here, but give me that babe. I want to act out. Imagine there's a way to be comfortable without that feeling. I don't have to flirt with that girl in the office. I could be comfortable. See, part of the, the problem that I found in my journey in SA is that I was, I was really looking for the marrow, if I could say, for the real juice of this program. And when I came in, there wasn't people that had years and years of experience and nobody was giving it to me. Like, nobody even knew what it means to do step six and seven. Nobody even understood what it means to get rid of character defects. I was like, just ask God to remove it. It's very simple and, and, and he's going to remove it. Like if it is a, like a wand, a magical thing that happens. So let's take a step back. And for once and for all, Chaim needs to be honest, truly honest. And I suggest all of us be truly honest to ourselves. Is these character defects helped us tremendously in our lives? And these character defects saved us tremendously in our lives. Because I needed all these character defects to outweigh, honestly, the lust in my life. I felt like such garbage after acting out. The only solution I had is to feel like an egomaniac between all my fellows because if you really knew my crap that I was doing, you would look at me so down so I had to force myself to be this big egotistic guy. On the flip side, I had to be the biggest piece of garbage because I, I am the biggest piece of garbage because I'm acting out. On the flip side, I can't show shame to my wife. I can't show my wife is right. If my wife is right, she is so right that we shouldn't even be married. She's that right. So I'm not going to give her anything. I feel like such garbage as it is, and I'm so sensitive because of I just finished lusting or acting out, and I feel so down. I have no self-confidence about myself. So if I walk into my house and my kids are arguing, it sends a tidal wave through my whole system automatically. I can't healthily communicate with my kids or discipline them. You know what you kids just did to me? You know what you wife by saying no to sex did to me? I'm wanted by every single woman in the entire world. You know your no causes inside of me? You know the anger and confusion and resentment? When the house is not functioning correctly, you know what goes on inside of me? So of course I can't be healthy at home. Also, let's be rigorously honest. I mean, where did we learn healthy tools at home? From where? It was modeled to us? It wasn't modeled to me. I mean, let's be honest. When our parents argued at home, if you, we could try to tap into the feeling that came up for us as children, when our parents would be screaming, the fear, the discomfort, the 
the inadequacy, the, the absolute hell that went on inside of us. Do you know when I scream at my wife, my five children feel that exact same way that I felt. <coughs> now they need safety and comfort. God gave my children something between the legs the same way God gave me that something. And it's a very easy and accessible thing to feel comfortable with. When my surrounding areas are uncomfortable. So these defects of character, what I'm trying to hone in over here on is these defects of character not only create such havoc in myself, but these defects of character destroyed my wife and children to the ultimate sense. And imagine if these defects of character weren't there, imagine who I could be with my wife and children. It's interesting, like um, yesterday um, we, we had the, me and my wife, a lot of times we meet with couples in recovery. And a couple came in from Brooklyn yesterday to meet with, with me and my wife. And at one point the, the woman asked me and my wife like straight out so years forward like let's be real and honest like does this thing work <laughs> like like does it work <clears throat> and to be able to see my wife just like turn around and want to answer that question and for her to turn around and say yeah hell yeah it works not only does it work but I would remarry the guy not only that, I wish my children would marry a guy like this. This is a guy who's coming from a very dysfunctional home. You know what's beautiful? What's beautiful is I was sitting there and the feeling inside of me, I know I talk to Shaul about this all the time, the feeling inside of me was, my children are look lucky to have me as a father today. We were explaining to this couple that there's no screaming in our house. My kids, we had a conversation around the table one Saturday. My kids, like, they were, the conversation came up about parents fighting and screaming. And my younger kid, like, picked up his, like, literally, like, jumped up and was like, my, my nine-year-old, ten-year-old was like, top parents scream? Like, that's something that happens? My older daughter's like, yeah, you know what's called down the block? You remember when we were there? You don't remember what happened? and like thinking like the amount of trauma work that I needed to do the amount of money I needed to spend the amount of therapy the amount of masturbation and acting out that I did because of my parents rage and anger and character defects is mind blowing so what am I giving over to my children now it wasn't like this it's not because I'm that type of guy. I was actually destroying my children when I was coming into program. I didn't realize it, but I was destroying them. But how do we, the question really is, so how do we get rid of these character defects to become this type of person? And the first thing is honesty. Honesty that I have them. Honestly, that my character defects have done well for me in my life. It really saved me. Because if I didn't have them, I would be really, really angry. I wouldn't know what to do with them. What I found in my stories when I came over from my drug of lust, of sex, my character defects came right to the surface. I became very entitled, very rageful, very <laughs> angry, very bitter, very shameful, all my character defects, very needy, very, very not safe. Because again, like we just said, you know, our drug gave us all that. When we don't have our drug, all of a sudden we're left with what? See, the solution was the lust and the acting out. The problem was life. The solution was the lust and acting out. You took away my solution to life called lust and acting out, I'm left with a problem called life. Now what do I do? I don't know how to cope with life. Life for me is very scary. 
The only way I know how to cope with it is ramming myself, self, my whole fourth step through the whole system. That is very, very unsafe. The beautiful news about the, the sixth and seventh step is that God does for us what we can't do for ourselves. And that's why the seventh step, we give it to God and we ask God to remove our defects of character because we're not capable of really doing it. But the work that I needed to do is admit for once and for all that these character defects are real. For me, admitting it was mainly admitting it to my wife. That yes, yes, yes. I don't have the tools of raising these children. So there's no anger anymore in the home and there's no screaming and there's no me disciplining the kids anymore. Like I learned once, you know, bad discipline is much worse than no discipline at all. So if I'm ever in a situation where, okay, so what am I supposed to do? Like my kids are acting crazy or my wife is, so what am I supposed to do? Let's get the hell out of the kitchen. Just get it, go away. And that's what I needed to do. I needed to bring myself to a place of being humble and okay of not being around. Of not teaching my kids what is right and wrong. Because my God, when my parents told me what was right and wrong with the rage or the shame or the blame or the pointing the finger and making them feel like garbage. And most importantly, Let's be honest, what works us up the most in our lives is our wife and children. Finances. But our wife and children, that's what works us up the most. So why can't I just admit I don't know what I'm doing? Take a step away. When I've done that, it's proved to be amazing. Years later, my wife now comes to me and asks me for advice. And we do it together. And today, I could discipline but for an extended period of time, I just had to get the hell out of there. I didn't know what I'm doing. What's the worst thing that's going to happen? My kid's going to get an extra candy? He's not going to get disciplining for screaming? So how is he going to be disciplined for screaming? By me screaming at him? And then him yelling at me and me putting the whole thing to bed by screaming the word chutzpah? That's how the whole thing like, gets resolved? Go to your room? That did well for me when I went to my room. I closed the door and masturbated. That, that, like, what am I gaining? Like what's, it doesn't work. Or screaming at, in my house we don't scream? Like that's gonna work? Like what's the approach? Or putting the whole thing with a bed by being physical? Which is the most abusive thing that you could possibly do? And then we know it better than anybody is we shut the dam and then the dam just explodes when we can't, when nobody can hit us anymore. And nobody can force us to do what we want. Admitting that I don't have that capability. And one of the reasons, by the way, I so badly, so badly need to work this program and be in the program, even if I'm being lust-free, even if I'm not acting out, is because my character defects are so blearing to the surface that if I'm not grounded here, if somebody just doesn't like calm me down and sit, then even if I'm not lusting and act, acting out, this is critical, my character defects are acting out. So we hear people, and we read it last week in the white book, that people with years of sobriety who seem like they got all their garbage in order are really wrecking balls inside because their character defects are just blearing. So to keep it simple, step six for myself, the way I work it, is I'm humble enough to myself and admit to myself, to God, and to another human being, echoing step five, interesting how it comes right after step five, my exact nature of my wrong. Not the exact nature of somebody else's wrong. You know, rarely... Really, only from people that are in program for a long time does somebody really call their sponsor and say, hey, sponsor, this is what I've done wrong. Help me. Rather, I am fuming at my wife. My wife is doing X, Y, and Z. My children, my boss, basically, life isn't fear to Chaim. And now, what am I supposed to do? 
I don't know. What am I supposed to tell you? Life isn't fair with you. When I was struggling with this, Harvey told me this suggestion. Stop calling your sponsor and telling your sponsor your problems. Call your sponsor and tell your sponsor the solution. Let me explain what I mean by that. Don't call your sponsor and tell your sponsor the whole world is, pro- is, is causing Chaim a headache and problems. For example, I'm going through a hard time. My wife is acting up, right? My wife is, is in a rotten mood. So in early recovery, what I would do is call my sponsor. My wife is in a rotten mood. She's pissed off. Everything is bothering her. I don't know what to do. She's just such a nerd. She's just like, everything is getting on there. I don't even want to go home tonight, to be honest with you. And sex is not on the table, so I'm for sure out of it. <laughs> like, what's, what's the purpose of all this? And my sponsor would say, okay, take out your four-step, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Or, oh my gosh, really, what's going on? I feel so bad. And becoming the therapist and the doctor and the lawyer. This is what Harvey taught me. Stop. Your wife is acting up. What is your character defects that are coming up when your wife is acting, acting up? She's in a bad mood. You know what comes up for me? Automatically entitlement. Chaim deserves to have a wife that doesn't act bitchy. That's what I deserve. I did sober for this long and a guy who treats his wife so good. Why should my wife be in a bad mood for? Any other woman in the world that was married to me wouldn't be in a bad mood today. Being treated the way she's treated. Entitlement comes up. Shame for me, honestly, comes up. I'm such a loser married to such a girl. Anger comes up for me. I get very angry at the situation. What Harvey taught me is call your sponsor and tell your sponsor. My character defects is anger, shame, and the biggest one of all of them is entitlement. I am deserving and entitled to have a, a, a wife that is, acts a certain way. Sponsor, help me with it. When I get to tap into what is coming up, it takes away everything. It works with lust that way also. I walk into a, a, I walk into a bagel store, into any shopping center, and so on and so forth. I get triggered out of my mind. Let's be real. What is coming up? I get angry. Who the hell is married to that girl? Kill the guy. And then when I see the guy, it's like, are you serious? Right? Anger comes up for me. I feel inadequate comes up for me. In front of her, I just don't feel normal. I get to list my problems and then get to be, get real about it. When my kid doesn't finish a bowl of cereal, for me this was a big one because I was raised, you don't get up from the table until the bowl is finished. You'd rather die at the table. But that bowl of cereal, if you took extra, you don't get up. Right? So what comes up for me when my kid doesn't eat the bowl of cereal? You know what comes up for me? Let's be real. What comes up for me is financial insecurity. Doesn't that sound pathetic? Over the bowl of cereal. So much waste. It was drilled into my head a thousand times. You're gonna lose so much money. Paper towels. When the kid pulls the roll of paper towels, you wanna kill the kid. You're watching like money like go right out the window. That's what used to come up for me. Rolls of paper towels. My parents used to take like schmatzes or one paper towel. You put it in, you put it to the sink, you squeeze it out. You put it in, you put it to the sink, squeeze it out, right? I literally have heart palpitation when I see that going on in my house. And everybody has it in their way. It could be in reverse, right? You see your kids spilling. It's like, take the damn roll of paper towels, clean up the mess because you, you're a neat freak and you just need the mess clean. So you're getting anxiety. In it. But to be able to list the character defect and then be able to get over by saying this is what is going on is so relieving. Now let me ask everybody. Imagine if our parents did that while they were raising us. Instead of your father screaming and yelling at you, or your mother, or fighting, breaking out between your parents, or, or, imagine they took a stop, a pause, a moment, and said, hmm, what character defect is coming up? Would they be, have treated you the way they treated you? Imagine, instead of living the life with your wife and children for the next God knows how many years, with all these characters, imagine they would be removed. We're going to continue this talk next week. 
But in short, my step six was before walking into my house. I said this a thousand times in this fellowship. It's the greatest tool in the world. I say, God, take all my character defects away. Allow me to be of service to my wife and children. My purpose is not the king is home. My purpose is not I because feel so stupid about the deal not working out or finances or that girl or, 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 or. God, remove it all so I could just be of service to my wife and children. <coughs> and the reality is the greatest things happen. I'll finish off with a cute story. Um, I might have said this here. My four-year-old daughter at the time was playing with um, her friend on the block, this little four-year-old kid. So my son overheard them saying, okay, let's play Tati Mami, father, mother. Let's play, let's play this game. Everybody's thinking already about sex, but we're not going there. Let's play this. Let's, let's be honest. We are. <laughs> Just shows how healthy bunch we are. Um, <laughs> let's, let's play Tati Mami. So this kid, if you want to know the character defects that come out of a home, this four-year-old kid said, okay, I'm going to tell you what to do, and you're going to listen. My daughter, four-year-old, says, that's not how you play Tati Mami. This is what my oldest son is listening to and repeated this over to us. So this kid, four-year-old, is saying, so then how do you play it? You sit down. This is my daughter talking. You sit down and you have conversations. And then, after talking and talking, we can decide what we do. This four-year-old boy down the block says, no, I'm going to scream. Do you understand what is given over to children? We create addicts and co-addicts and addiction, and, 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 and insanity. And then we walk away five years later, ten years later, and say, God, oh, gave me such difficult children. I, ah, my children are just so, di- I need acceptance for my difficult children. It's not true. I created the wreckage most of the time. When my daughter was in a tremendous amount of fear and anxiety because me and my wife worked the spiritual program and we went to therapy, the therapist said, Chaim, you are giving over this to your daughter. Excuse me? Me? How? The reality is when I changed, her anxiety disappeared. It's fascinating. This idea of just throwing on to God. God, you gave, you gave me a difficult child. No. I created a difficult child. Some children are more naturally more difficult than others. That's not what I'm saying. But this idea, I walked around my whole life. My parents told me, Chaim, you are a wild beer. When this conversation came up in front of my grandmother, my grandmother said, I don't know what they're talking about. You were a sheep in my home. You were like a sheep. My wife, who was sitting next to me, tapped me on the shoulder and it said, it's very simple. When you're raised in a zoo, you need to act like a beer. And when you feel content and calm and comfortable, you're a beautiful sheep. And your grandparents who loved you and you could do no wrong and they just admired you. They didn't be busy disciplining and teaching and showing and everything. They looked at you as a, as a calm sheep and you were. Last night in therapy, when I told my wife, I'm like, I feel like you're trying to make me into somebody who I'm not. My wife said to me, Chaim, you, you don't realize you are that. You are a wholesome, real, calm, content, and easygoing person. The reason you're not is because of what was done to you your whole life. I'm not making you into anything. That's who I've seen. That's who you really are. Your character defects make you into that craziness. So the beauty of what program gives all of us, and this is critical, if we stay sober and we stay, work the 12 steps and we're honed into our character <laughs> defects, we get to make the greatest level of amends to our wife and children. And not only that, we get to teach our wife and children from who we became and mainly our children. We get to give them safety, not when they're in our home, for who they marry, the decisions they make. 
And if, God forbid, they marry a kook, they could stand up to the guy because they're not used to a maniac screaming and yelling. I have siblings, their homes, they're screaming and yelling all the time. Me and my wife look at each other like, what the hell? Like, why doesn't somebody rebel against this? Why should they? Their parents scream, their grandparents scream, their other siblings scream, everybody screams. It's one happy screaming insanity. Nobody knows there's something even wrong. So you accept insanity because insanity just keeps on, on wiggling around. So the beauty is, the way we get rid of these character defects, we'll talk more about next week again in step seven with humility and all that. But for today is the awareness of our character defects create havoc wherever we go and it comes up in finances as well. When I get rid of my character defects, my finances shoot up. When my character defects are all over the place and I feel entitled, I try to make quick money, I try to do crazy things. When it's me and my character defects, problems happen. When it's allied with God's will, problems just disappear. So I'm creating my own insanity. Or I'm creating my own happy, joyous life. That's the gifts of step six. So we'll continue next week with step seven. And we'll open up the floor for questions. Thanks for letting me share. Okay. Anything? Yeah. I'm Jake. Jake. Um, trying to phrase a question exactly how I'm not sure I'm just going to call it the question from the third. So, I finished work, it's been a long day, having trouble with an employee, boss got on me, I come home, right? My wife is a wreck, the house is a wreck, the kids are a wreck. The, the, the kitchen's a wreck, the living room's a wreck, the dining room's a wreck, it's all one room, every closet is a wreck. And my, my wife is like practically in tears, the baby is uh, worried that the oxygen is no good, this kid is crying, this kid is screaming, my son was calling for the shit he wants to come over. The question is basically, so how do I keep... My wife is rolling at, at, a, at a... How do I keep my character speed. defects in check it's not while there's... Yes, but, but also like, okay, so I'm feeling... <coughs> Even if I'm in touch with what I'm feeling, which I'm feeling angry and entitlement primarily, but I'm also hungry, tired. I got it. I got it. So how do, how do the question is how do I keep my do I character right defects? Right. What do I do with my character defects? Practical. Let's talk real. Very nice in theory and theory and theory. But now comes life. I'm stressed out. I'm overwhelmed. There's so many um, issues on the table. What do I do to keep my character defects in check? I'm, hang- I'm hungry, angry, lonely, tired, confused, and overwhelmed, and here I walk into the house. I heard from Sandy B. He said, very beautiful. The 12 steps is the new book of life because the old book didn't work. It's the new recipe of life because the old recipe didn't work. So if I'm in a 12-step program doing my old recipe with some lingering ideas of new recipes, but I never actually threw out the old recipe book and picked up a new one and said, this is how you bake the new cake, there is no new cake. The old recipe book says I'm powerless and it makes my life unmanageable. means I take the, the old recipe book and I put it in the garbage, never to be taken out again, not like I used to do. Put the DVD players in the garbage and take it out. It's over. Done. So I'm getting rid of my lust. Am I acting out? I came to believe there is a power greater than myself that could restore me to sanity and I give my will and my life over them. That means I don't live the same way of the old recipe book. It's a whole new recipe. I work on my step four and I get rid of my resentments, of my fears, of my harms, of my sex conduct. It's a whole new recipe book, again. And I constantly work on that and that is my goal in life. My goal in life is not to inquire financial wealth. My goal in life is not to be the next biggest thing in in, in the community. My goal in life is not for people to admire me. My goal in life is a new recipe. The old one I really don't care about anymore. It didn't work for me. 
And then I ask God to get rid of my character defects because I start working them and acknowledging them and being real about them and being honest about them. That new recipe walking into your house, you will never walk into your house with all those feelings. All those emotions and energy that you're expressing and explaining means because you didn't pick up a new recipe book. You heard about the new recipe book. Sounds cool. Every once in a while, you, you, you tasted a piece here and there. It was it's cool. But it, there was never a fundamental inner conviction, decision, body, mind, and soul. New recipe. The old one is out. No more damage. No more hitting kids. No more getting angry at home. Under no circumstances. No more yelling. The only one who I discipline is me. You know the famous story where the guy's walking around the, the, the shop screaming, um, little kid in the, in the carriage, tangering, tangering, and the mother is sitting there and saying, you know, Dove, it's okay, Dove, it's okay, Dove, it's okay, Dove, it's okay. And for 20 minutes, at the end of the whole thing, this guy like, looks at this lady and says, you're so calm with this kid. This kid is tangering, tangering, tangering. How could you keep saying, Dove, it's okay? And this guy who's wheeling, I'm sorry, it wasn't the mother, the guy who's wheeling around the, the, I'm sorry, there was a guy who's wheeling around this kid around the whole shop and saying, Dove, it's okay, Dove, it's okay, Dove, it's okay. And this guy like comes over and the guy says, how are you so calm? And the guy says, I keep telling myself, Dove, it's okay. I'm not talking to my kid. I'm talking to me. Me. I have a new recipe book. There's no more talking to my kids and disciplining and criticizing and recognizing. it. It's a whole different recipe book. It's a recipe book of the way my sponsor told me, if you need to leave work early, you make sure your boss knows you're going to be leaving work early. And let's not fool ourselves and be... We could figure out how to watch porn upside down, inside out. We could figure when to get lust and how to get lust. We could figure how to take 15 minutes for ourselves before walking into our home to calm ourselves down and right-size ourselves. I always manage that extra 15 minutes to watch porn before leaving work. I can manage 15 minutes to work program before leaving work. It's a whole new attitude. It's a whole new recipe book. I don't come home with the old pair of glasses, like Chuck C. says, a new pair of glasses. I don't come home and see the place flying. I see a beautiful family. I don't see the mess anymore. I see the beauty. When my kid is full of dirt and God knows what and not clean and anything. I don't see my kid not being taken care of. I see a blessing. My kid is full of garbage all over his face. It's a blessing. It's not a problem. I tell this to my wife all the time. When the house is a wreck, it's because, thank you, God, you gave us seven children that keep wrecking this house. It doesn't mean I'm married to a bitch. If I just checked out that girl, Shaul knows this well, then yes, my wife is a bitch. If the potatoes weren't made exactly the way I want, or if the house wasn't clean. There's nothing to do with the house. It has to do. I just checked out a different girl, who, by the way, seemingly is perfect. Her home is run immaculately. So what I'm giving over is the program is supposed to give us a new way of living. We don't do this perfect. We still mess up. There's still, but it's a new frame of mind. It's not the frame of mind. It's not the frame of mind anymore. It's a frame of mind. I'm here to be of service to you, God. To be there for myself, to be there for my wife, to be there for my children. I cannot do this if I am watching porn. It's impossible. That's why most people who come into program don't get their stuff in order, their garbage in order. And they're like, I don't get a set by a therapist forever. But the guy never told the therapist that he's sitting there watching porn. Porn b- blocks all positive energy. If I'm flirting with women, if I'm acting out in any which way, shape, or form, it doesn't work. So what we're trying to explain over here is a different recipe. It's not a quick fix of a light switch on, off. Oh, so step six, I get rid of my character. My whole life is going to turn on it, right? No. 
I wish it was that simple. It takes work. It takes step one. It takes step two. It, it's sitting with sponsor. It's doing the work. It's, it's daily, daily, one day, next day, next day, next day, next day. And all of a sudden, you look back a year later, and I get this from my sponsors all the time. Most recently, losing. He looks at me. I don't know. It's just calm at home. I don't know. It's just, things are not a problem. I, I, I don't know. Yes, things come up. There's problems. This, it's not a problem anymore. It's the same problem. Married to the same girl, the same thing. I'll never forget in early recovery, this guy says he comes home after, you know, after prayer on, on Saturday. He walks into his house and everything's calm and quiet and beautiful. Everything is the way you wish it was in your home. You know, everything's perfect. After 20 minutes, his wife is screaming, the kids are acting up. Da, 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 da. At one point, he turns around at his wife and kids. He looks at them and he says, I don't understand. I'm home for 20 minutes and look at all of you. And his wife says, yep, you're home for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, you're the wrecking ball that just walked into the house. And that's what the big book talks about. I'm the one that created the insanity. I'm the one that needs to put it back together. I hope I'm not being too, too tough and too, too real, but I'm telling you the fact of the way it works. If my wife is bitchy, it's because I have an issue right now. If my children, they're just mirrors of who I am. <coughs> my wife last night after going to therapy was in a really rotten mood. If I didn't get rid of my character defects, I could have gone to sleep really wrecking havoc. Instead, I kept asking her, Miriam, is there anything I could do? Are you sure? Do you need time for yourself? you want a drink? What in a bad mood for? That would have been my, my, old, my old... I don't understand. Why can't we... Every time you figure out how to just get into a bad mood. And if I didn't say it, that's what I felt. So, of course, after she's going to sleep, I'm sitting there on my phone. Should I? Shouldn't I? What about Netflix? Hulu, maybe? Maybe it's like a YouTube. Which, which poison do I want tonight? Okay, I'm not going to lust, but I'm going to... Of course, that's the feeling. Been there, done that numerous times. <coughs> yeah. It's like, isn't that a little extreme? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm asking God for perfection. Like, every single defect has to be removed. Like, who are you, who are you kidding? I'm not going to have, you know, I'm not going to be. Why am I asking for something which I know is never going to happen? I'm always going to have defects. It's a great question. So, the question is how am I asking God to remove all these defects of character? Let's be real, it's not happening. So, if you look exactly at the words, we're, we're entirely ready to have him remove it. We don't even ask him to remove it. We become entirely ready to have our defects of character removed. We become willing and available to work all 12 steps, not two. We become willing and available to say, God, one by one, when my character defects come up, I'm going to have them removed. Not only the smaller ones, not only the bigger ones, not only the medium... Whichever ones come up, I'm ready to have it removed. Not a one-shot again, Santa Claus. Here's my pile of garbage, pay all my bills. <laughs> I'm not handing a bucket list of bills to God and he's just going to stop paying each one out. I become entirely ready. I become a person that is willing to say before walking into my house, I'm willing to have them removed. I'm willing to be a different person. I'm willing to die to my disease. I'm willing to go to any lengths to stay sexually sober. I'm willing to make this program my lifeline and more important than anything else. I'm willing to get uncomfortable in order to get comfortable in this program. I'm willing to go to meetings even when I'm feeling great. I'm willing to sponsor even when I don't feel. I'm willing to take, direc I'm willing to take direction even when I think my sponsor is absolutely wrong. I'm willing to call and say my life is not working out. I'm willing, I'm willing, I'm entirely ready. I'm entirely ready and then God says, hey, to the level that you trust me is the level that I'm willing to be there for you. If you think you have it all still figured out, so go for it. Figure it out. Finish off with this one last thing I'm, I wanted to, to quickly say. Um, at one point, this lady like asked, this couple that came to us last night, so this lady asked, um, so does my husband like get like cured from this? Like, like what happens? So he does this 12 steps and he's good. Like why are you around for 13 years? I thought like, like, is there a solution to the problem? 
And it hit me because it was a sad reality. Here I am about to tell this new lady coming into Essanon and her husband, who's fairly new, that till three days after death, this ain't going away. You could work the step, the steps from here to Venezuela. You're still going to be a sexaholic. And I was sitting. There was a little bit like, like, oh my God! It was that moment of like, yikes, you know. And it really hit me what I learned in this program, and I told it to her. And it's important a message for myself. Your husband won't only his disease won't only not go away, but what a gift. He will live a life that is so much better than your wildest imaginations together with you. <clears throat> Correct. His disease won't go away and won't disappear. But if he holds on to his disease and plays on the edges and keeps lusting and keeps doing his thing and doesn't get rid of the character defects, if this is where the world is, he's going to be- live way below it. If 50% is the average of the world, he's going to be living at the 1% to 10%. Havoc and insanity. But if he works the 12 steps, you are going to get a gift. And not only is he going to be 50%, he's going to be like every one of your brother-in-laws or every guy that you know out there. But he's going to be living at 100%. Way above and beyond your wildest imagination. So I got good news for you, lady. Today you don't see it. But down the road, you're going to be married to a guy that you're going to be like exactly, it's humbling for me to say it. It's exactly what my wife says about me today. Like, wow. And that's your choice. The people that work on their finances and work on their finances and work on their finances, God created the world. Those people, a lot of times, become very successful. It's the most important thing to them in their life. The people that work on raising their children, God creates it. That if that's where your energy is in, I'm going to help you with your children. If those people that naturally work their whole life on, you know something? I care so much about my image in the community. Somehow God has it that a lot of times their image is upstanding. That's how just God created it. A lot of times not. But a lot of times, yeah. It's like 50-50. But I've never seen in this program those people that come to a meeting and are committed and live by the 12-step solution whose life hasn't changed by a complete 360 in every aspect of their life. And what we're talking about is Chuck C., new pair of glasses. What we're talking about over here is what Sandy B. said, a new recipe book, a way of living, a life that otherwise we can't have. Okay, I didn't realize we ran a little bit late over here. Um, Thank you for letting me share. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.